Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. The directly elected mayor will be voted for this year by the people of Limerick City and County with extended powers and a five-year term. Limerick will be the first and so far the only county in Ireland to have a directly elected mayor with executive power. And one of the first people to announce that they're running in the election is Green Party Limerick City TD Brian Ledden. And he joins me now in the studio to discuss his decision. Good morning and a happy new year to you, um, Brian. And, and we'll get into all the issues around the mayor in just a moment. But I just want to ask you about something that I know we have talked to you about uh, in the past on the show, and I'm sure you've been following. And this is in December, the CEO of the HSE received uh, a report, a systems analysis report, following the death of teenager Aoife Johnston in the hospital in December 2022. And at the time, it was confirmed that there would be an independent and further investigation by retired Chief Justice Frank Clark. And the HSE yesterday evening published the terms of reference. And our head of news, Gillian, went through those a little bit earlier this morning on the Limerick Today show. But what is Interesting, and I'm not going to ask you to comment specifically on the Aoife Johnston uh, case um, because of the process, but uh, the systems analysis report, some of the findings were um, uh, outlined in the terms of reference. Uh, For example, that this SAR report found that crowding, also known as overcrowding, is endemic in University Hospital Limerick's emergency department. The boarding of admitted patients in the ED is a planned part of patient flow in the hospital and includes a specific funded job and jobs for staff to care for the patients, but they're yet to be appointed. There's little apparent understanding of the risks and inefficiencies caused to patient care by a crowd environment by the hospital system in terms of the impact on the emergency medicine doctors assessing and managing patients and the nursing staff's ability to provide safe care. The use misuse of the resource area for all monitored interventions leads to crowding and an overemphasis on activity in this area. There are insufficient ED staff in nursing to provide adequate monitoring and uh, care to the patients in the ED. There are insufficient emergency medicine doctors to care for the numbers and acuity of patients presenting in the timescale expected by the triage system, the hospital and the community. And there are a number of other findings too. I mean, what is your reaction to that? Uh, well, firstly, uh, good morning, Joe, and, and Happy New Year to you and to everybody listening as well. Um, uh, I was actually in the emergency department myself uh, at the time that um, that Aoife was there uh, last Christmas, or Christmas before last, I should say. Um, I, I had a 23-hour wait uh, in in the emergency department and uh, and I actually had to leave because it was just so chronic and uh, simply put, we don't have a uh, hospital and an emergency department particularly that is fit for purpose for uh, the region, for a growing region like Limerick and the Midwest. And that that is uh, fundamentally the case. Limerick is falling between Cork and Galway uh, in terms of uh, its uh, investment in health. Uh, and that does come down to representation, in my view, uh, in the last number of years. Um, I think you mean it, at the cabinet table? I, I do. Th- I, I think generally uh, the Midwest hasn't been represented well. And one of the problems is the Midwest is quite divided politically. Uh, you have North Tipperary, you have Limerick City and County and you have Clare as well. 
And unfortunately, we don't pull together as much as we should politically. Uh, and I think the uh, the situation in U- UHL is a consequence of that. Uh, you don't get that situation in, in Cork and Galway. Uh, they pull together an awful lot better. But you would accept that that is a pretty extraordinary thing to say for a government TD as you are. I think the reality is, uh, and we're going to talk about the directly elected mayor in a few minutes, um, and it, I think it is an opportunity to reform how we do politics, how we do governance in this part of the country. Uh, Limerick City uh, is the major urban centre, but actually we're, we're quite politically divided because you have four local authorities essentially, or four until recently, then you had the amalgamation of Limerick City and County uh, in the last 10 years. Uh, and I do think the... F- four in the region, you in, mean? In the region, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and the, the hospital, the UHL group caters for the whole region. Uh, and I think um, we have, we really have fallen between the stools there. Uh, and, and, I mean, this is very complex and we have discussed it up and down and in and out on the Limerick Today show for well over a decade and people have talked about reconfiguration and uh, other elements of, you know, inquiries that have gone on and teams that have been sent in and, and all sorts, more beds. But I've asked this question before. Is there not a very strong argument based on even the numbers we heard yesterday, over 100 um, uh, on trolleys uh, in University Hospital Limerick for a specific targeted envelope of serious funding above the norm argued on the basis of the reconfiguration issue to ensure that there is an overpowering um, amount of whatever funds are necessary to target this hospital for the reasons that you've outlined. Now, in fairness, uh, that that is happening and it is happening since last year uh, it's later than it should have happened. The 200 bed block is uh, well underway at this point. Uh, so the, these uh, issues are going to be addressed and unfortunately they can't be done uh, in the, the kind of time frame that we would like. Construction takes time. Um, but we're also a growing city and a growing region so we have to keep on top of this. Like The demographics here uh, are, are what is really causing the problem when you had the centralisation of services uh, in various uh, hospitals around the country, including in UHL, uh, there simply wasn't the investment uh, to cater for the amount of uh, of uh, patients presenting uh, that are coming from the you know the the wider region. Uh, the regional hospital hitherto previous to that would have catered very much for for Limerick City, and you would have had Nina and Dennis uh, picking up the uh, the patient care in Counties Clare and Tipperary, but that changed uh, in, in the last decade or so uh, and, and there simply hasn't been enough investment uh, to, to manage that demographic right. change. Are you deeply worried though when it's outlined in a review like that? What I mentioned at the beginning and Gillian went through it in even more detail earlier in the show. We can't, nobody can argue with the preliminary findings. No, nobody can defend a situation where a young girl presented uh, and what didn't receive the care that she needed and deserved and ultimately she died. Nobody can defend that uh, situation. It's absolutely wrong. And in the any wider kind of points, the, the why in the review, you know, the wider points made about the emergency department in, in that analysis. Yeah, there, it, it, I'm not going to defend it. The, the, the report, the, the preliminary report is clear 
uh, that there are failings and there's going to be a more substantial investigation now and I think that's absolutely appropriate but pending the more substantial uh, investigation there has to be uh, uh, an, essentially an emergency plan, emergency investment uh, to deal with the, the, the ongoing and day-to-day challenges that are there. Now, you are a Green Party TD for Limerick City, but you have announced that you will stand for the directly elected mayor of Limerick role, and that election, we are being told, will be June. Put simply, where we sold a pup when it comes to this role. Before we talk about you, the role is nowhere close based on the legislation to what was being outlined in the run-in to the local referendum. And I know this very well because I had everyone from the Taoiseach to many others sitting in this studio making a very different case than what has happened. Uh, I would challenge that, Joe, uh, because the document was presented by the then government and the minister, John Paul Phelan, uh, Fine Gael in, uh, and to give credit to John Paul Phelan, uh, you know, he, he's the architect of this this reform of local government. I think it's the most significant reform of local government uh, in Ireland and our own local uh, minister, uh, Kieran O'Donnell, has picked it up and is delivering the legislation. I think that narrative has been allowed to develop that uh, you know, in inverted commas, we were sold a pub. I don't believe that because if you look at the documents that was presented in 2019, uh, a vague enough outline, it was a very high level exercise uh, back then. Uh, it was put to the people, do, do they agree with the concept of a directly elected mayor uh, uh, for uh, the city and county? Uh, and Limerick alone, uh, as we've discussed before, uh, when other cities and counties had the chance, Limerick alone said. But yes, the public we do discourse now, Brian, the- was very much around a significant position, a role that was going to have pretty sweeping powers. Is it not true, for example, you mentioned Minister Kieran O'Donnell, who's piloting the legislation, and his predecessor, Minister Peter Burke, both of whom we've interviewed in detail on this show, found that. Among powerful forces in Dublin, they did not want to release further powers to this role and in many respects, they won. I was hugely involved in the campaign in 2019. Uh, I I wasn't a political person back then uh, and it was a a real energetic public campaign and, and Limerick said, we don't believe the system of local government. And that's no disrespect or no commentary on anybody who works in local government. Uh, and in my experience, since being elected, actually, we have excellent officials uh, in this city and county uh, from the bottom right up to the top. And I, I think it's really important to say that. But it's also important to say that not just in Limerick, but across the whole country, uh, we don't have a functioning system of local government. Ireland has the most centralised form of government in Europe, actually. And uh, John Paul Phelan, uh, back in 2018-2019, said, we need to change this. And he put it to the people of Cork, Waterford and Limerick and said, um, I'm offering you the chance. What I'm asking you now, because people are being asked to vote in in the next few months. So what we've landed on, to answer your question, what what have we landed landed on? on? Because it seems that what we've landed on is central government won a lot of the battles. Joe, I would not be standing. I would have no interest in standing. And and actually, I waited to make a decision uh, until 
it was clear to me what this role would be and I simply would not be putting my name forward uh, if I did not believe that this is a very, very significant step for local government in Ireland uh, and for Limerick City and County. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I okay. would challenge anybody wait, wait. to question my bona fides on this, show because when I stood for the local authority in 2019, when I stood for the Dáil in 2020, I, I had other options. You know, I, I did this because I wanted to serve Limerick. Uh, I did that firstly through the council and then I was elected to national government uh, and all of the time I've been, my interest has been in pursuing uh, a vision for Limerick and in serving this city right. and county and I would not be standing in this election unless I saw it as a really strong, really well, excellent okay. opportunity well, well, for our city and actually our region okay. as well. Well, speaking of bona fides, uh, we're talking to Brian Ledden, uh, who is announced he is standing for the role of directly elected mayor. He's currently a, a Green TD in Limerick City. Some people might suggest that what you're doing here is raising your profile in advance of a general election. Not at all. I, I intend to, to win this election um, and, and step down then as a Green Party TD? I would because, as I said, when I got into politics, firstly the, the local uh, elections in 2019, then uh, the national elections in 2020, uh, and now this mayoral election, it's, it has always been about uh, trying to, to pursue that vision. I think there's a really important vision uh, for not just Limerick, for the whole Midwest region, that we would become a counterbalance, a prosperous, thriving, successful European city region in our own right, not just uh, a small city, small regional city that serves Dublin. I think we really fundamentally need to change. What we have in this country is an all roads lead to Dublin approach. And this is an opportunity to change that. And it's why I got into politics from the very start. And I see this role as being the key to Let's talk about that in a moment. But if you were to win... Uh, and become directly elected mayor, would that prompt an early by-election? It would, and just as um, if uh, a sitting TD stands in uh, the European election, and we saw that in 2019, there was a number of by-elections at the end of 2019 in the country uh, because uh, certain TDs were elected to Europe at the time uh, and there were by-elections. That's politics and that would happen, yes. Accepting that... And, and this is part of our role here at Live 95. And we're very conscious of this because truthfully, there isn't going to be a massive national focus on this election until very close to it. Let's be honest, there are European and local elections. We know full well. I haven't seen too much debate about this at the national level. So we, we're conscious of the fact that we are trying to help listeners to navigate their way through this. And they mightn't have focused on it, understandably, as closely as, as you have. So here's my question. Um, give us two or three significant powers that you will have if you're elected as a directly elected mayor? So what this is, is um, is bringing accountability uh, to the, the, the head of the local authority. So currently we have a chief executive officer, uh, Pat Daly, uh, is down there. He does a fine job, in my view. Um, he is the boss. He has most power uh, in this uh, city and county. Now, not a lot of people would know who Pat Daly is if you don't work in or close to the local government system. Uh, he has directors of services and they carry out uh, the the vision and the strategy that uh, the CEO rightly or wrongly holds. But what is fundamentally important is that that position is directly accountable to the people. And that's what we have not had. And as an elected representative, I understand what the 
what accountability is because every day, every waking hour as a politician, you're listening to the people, you're receiving uh, letters and emails, phone calls from them, and you're always thinking about uh, these issues that that people have. Oh. That's what accountability is. Okay, and, so, and so, so let's, let's try and break this down. Then, so whoever's elected to the role, and let's assume it's you for the purposes of this conversation, what will you be? I think this is really important for people to understand. Just put simply, now, what will you be that is different to the current mayor? Fundamentally different. The current mayor is very much, uh, I would say, a ceremonial role, and that's not to be disrespectful to that office. It's a very important role. The mayor represents the city and county. They represent the local authority, uh, and we've had some excellent mayors in in Limerick. What this is is it's the chief executive officer's role is going to now be a political role. It's going to be directly accountable to the people. So uh, I'll be joined by other candidates, I'm sure, in the coming months. Uh, each will present. Uh, a manifesto and a vision for our city and county, that will be put, it'll be the people of Limerick decide what they want, what that vision is. And that hasn't been the case until now. Okay, so the chief executive role becomes a director general's role reporting to the new directly elected mayor. Can you, if you present a manifesto, push that manifesto through over a five-year term? Um, I, I would say yes. Now, the, I've always taken uh, a longer term view. I think one of the challenges we have in this country is we think too much actually in the five year electoral cycle. Uh, and one of my, uh, you know, the things I would say always is that we actually need to be thinking beyond the five years, 10, 15, 20, even 30, 40, 50 years. Uh, and I think, um, you know, I think people will see that in me. I always talk about, you know, where we're trying to get to in the long term. Um But you can do a lot in five years and the mayor, whoever it is, I hope it's me, obviously, um, will present their vision. Uh, That vision then will uh, form a a work programme for the five years. So give give us one thing that is directly elected mayor, you will do that wouldn't have been done previously by mayor or chief executive, but you will do and you'll have the powers to do. Give us one thing. So one thing I haven't said already is uh, additional to it being a directly elected CEO, if you want to put it like that, uh, the mayor will have direct access to cabinet. They will be there. It's in the legislation there, what's called a statutory consultee. So anything affecting Limerick City and County, uh, the mayor will have to be consulted on. That's a very powerful thing. You can argue that that's soft power, but I understand what soft power is, having been in government in the last few years. A lot of what I've, I've achieved as a backbench TD has but, been but through soft power. But will you have hard power. power in the role? Well, the hard power is very much as the, the mayor will be the manager of the local authority. That is hard power. Like, if you ask any councillor across Limerick City and County where power rests, they will say it rests with the chief executive. Okay. That's going to transfer over so, to the so direct does, elected mayor. Does that mean then, and, and you, this is fundamental, I think, Does that mean that you can make a decision and that decision will hold sway over the entire executive and the elected councillors on a particular matter? Yes, primarily yes. Uh, In what area? uh, It's more, it's easier to explain the areas that it won't uh, hold sway. (laughs) See, that's the worry, but go on. There's there's two, and it's important that these remain with the Director General, uh, and they are the HR functions, so the the personnel, 
um, within the yeah, that's fair local authority and, and the other is uh, planning matters and by that I mean individual okay. planning matters and it wouldn't be right to criticise those. Yeah, so housing very much uh, it will okay. go to the chief the, the directly elected mayor who is effectively will be the chief executive but there's a housing role for the will remain with the councillors too. Remember the councillors have what's called a reserve function and that is to develop the uh, the city and county development plan and the councillors, all 40 of them put immense work in to developing this plan uh, every five years or so uh, and so they will continue to hold that power so th- they will set out you know what parts of the city and county uh, yeah. are zoned for residential yeah. development industrial development and, and so on and, and clearly you're a member of the Green Party so are you saying that what you believe in you know the policies that you would have talked to us about on the show as a TD will be able to happen with you as directly elected mayor uh, yes, uh, and I would say uh, a lot of those things that we've talked about, I'm hugely enthusiastic and ambitious about them. For example, um, you know, I, I've succeeded in, we've talked about, the, I hope I'm not boring the listeners, talking about uh, the Limerick Channel Metropolitan Area Transport Strategy, but it's so exciting. It really is the key to unlocking the fast uh, growth of this region. So that's connecting Shannon Airport to the railway network, having fast and frequent trains in and out of Shannon. Like that, that's a game changer for Shannon. Uh, you know, there's developing multiple train stations uh, around Limerick City. And, not and, and and you believe that the directly elected mayor will drive that absolutely, on the ground? Absolutely, okay. because they will represent 200,000 people in the city and county. But I've, I actually see that the mayor has been more than a mayor for Limerick, but actually a mayor or a minister for the Midwest. That's how I see it. And as I said, it's written into the legislation. The mayor will be a statutory consultee, so the mayor will be able to uh, to call up the minister for transport of the day, whoever that is, and say, hey guys, we have this plan here. Uh, we want, it's there now, we want it funded and developed okay. as quickly as possible. We're going to debate with you and many others, all of these over the coming months, although there's still local elections to happen and European uh, elections um, to happen. You are assuring listeners that whoever they vote for, that the role, as is uh, outlined in legislation, is not a wasted vote. You are telling them that categorically this morning. Categorically, categorically, I would not be here, Joe. Absolutely not. Uh, if I felt uh, that I could be best used representing uh, Limerick in Dáil Éireann, I would seek to continue to do that. But I think this is a wonderful opportunity. And I said not just for Limerick, for the whole Midwest region to close that gap, significantly close that gap between not Limerick and Cork, but actually Limerick and Dublin for this part of the country finally to become the counterbalance that makes sense. Uh, Finally and very briefly, is there any prospect of this election being decoupled and taking place, for example, in March so it doesn't get swamped by the local and European elections? (laughs) I I haven't heard that rumour but, uh, and I don't think so now, it would be advantageous to me because no other candidates have declared so maybe I'd be a shoe in then, Joe but uh, no, I expect that it will be on June the 7th and, you know, there's uh, to some degree, that that might make sense uh, because it, you know it does fit there, but it actually does take the shine off it a little bit. And the original intention here was that we would have it a couple of years ago. COVID got in the way; other priorities of government 
uh, uh, stepped above it unfortunately and we're going to have it I believe on June 7th Okay, well thank you very much. We'll obviously be talking to lots of other candidates for the position of directly elected mayor in the weeks ahead, but uh, one of the first to announce their running is Green Party Limerick City TD Brian Ledden and we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks Joe. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.